0: This is make it kind. M I P with Mark Thompson. Make it kind. Get woke, ladies and gentlemen. Time for another edition of Thursday Coast with the founder of Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community, the host of the Brief, the founder of <coughs> Civics <laughs> with the Q. Marcos Melissa joins us once again. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm um, doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here with you once again. So look, a lot going on. We haven't talked in a couple of weeks. As usual, I'm still dealing with my trepidation and anxiety already about next year. You've always talked me down. We're we still in good shape. We're we still hearing people having problems with the Biden administration. Obviously, because of of the situation between Israel and Gaza, but then it, it I've been seeing some stories, Marcos, where it, the administration or there were we know we know a lot of this poll stuff is made up, and these aren't accurate polls, they're not like civics where there's a larger sample size and it's ongoing, so people are talking about polls, and they're saying that the public does not embrace bidenomics and doesn't understand it and it's not working and administration is getting anxious about that what's your take on any or all of this is this anything yet to be worried about
1: can trump win yeah but (laughs) that was the case before gaza that was the case that's always been the case we're a very politically divided country there are six states that are going to matter for the presidential election they're all very tight states if the storyline is our battleground states battlegrounds? Yes, they always were, and they still will be battlegrounds this time around. There is nothing in the polling. And by the way, the last four national polls now show Biden ahead, but that doesn't make headlines, right? It only makes headlines when eight, one poll comes out showing Trump ahead. We've not just been ahead. Four quality polls show Biden ahead. So, again, it's all pretty much tight. <laughs> Whether it Trump is up by two or Biden is up by two or three points really doesn't matter. The fact is we're going to have to work hard next year. Now, I will say what I've been saying every election cycle is that there are more of us than there are of them. As long as we do the work, we're going to win. We're going to win the House if we do the work. We're going to keep the White House if we do the work. And we'll hold the Senate and maybe even pick up a seat or two if we do the work. Nothing in the numbers has changed the broader outlook. And I will tell you this, Mark, nothing will change the outlook for at least the next couple of months. Now, if Trump is is convicted, maybe. I don't know. I would argue probably not. I think people just assume Trump supporters are going to say it's a deep state and it's a conspiracy and blah, blah, blah. And people who don't support Trump are going to be like, see, this is why we don't support Trump. And then nothing will change. But Who knows? Maybe one or two points in the margins will be swayed, and that could be the difference. I'm not saying that nothing can change the sort of general baseline of the numbers, but really, unless somebody dies, things are pretty locked in. You have two candidates that have universal name recognition. They're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on PD ads that don't convince anybody to do anything it's going to be on cruise control. And it's really going to come down to who works harder on the ground to get out the boat in those critical battleground states. So as we get closer to the summer, we're going to start, Mark, we're going to start talking about what things that people can do. Find a battleground state next near you. Is it, is it Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, or North Carolina? That's the ballgame right there. Is are you, do you live one, close to one of those states that you can go and do some organizing work? We may be looking at some of the Senate races, we got to hold Montana, we have two very difficult pickup opportunities in Florida and Texas. And I'm not going to say that it's likely that we pick those up. But I'm going to say that it's within the realm of possibilities. And it's worth our effort to fight for them. Because we don't like abortions changed everything, the threat to democracy, like there are a lot of these factors that allowed us to win historic off year elections in 2022 and 2023. That has not changed in special elections. Democrats are still overperforming their 2020 baseline by about six to seven points. That hasn't changed. I like where we are. I would, if you're looking at a poll, I would just go look. And if it says battleground states or battlegrounds, (laughs) we know all that. And that's not going to change. That part will not change. That's where we are today. I would rather be us than them. They're in a not all-out civil war right now. They're going to town at each other. And yeah, we have our own internal challenges on the Democratic side, but they're nothing like what they're going through. And I'm worried in the sense that after 2016, we never take anything for granted. It'll always be too soon. (laughs) It will always be too soon. But again, I like where we are. And and I think it's just important to realize, oh yeah, we're going to have to work at this. This is not an easy election. We wish that people would just say Trump is disgusting. I can't support him. But they don't because... A large percentage of people, as Hillary Clinton once said, are deplorables and will stick bike Trump no matter what. This is your invitation
0: to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event now through April 1st.
1: Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the economy and just looking at Civics. And folks, you can go to civicswithaq.com and see some of this for yourself. But before I do that, though, I think it's always important, that, and I'm, I'm not always that good at explaining it. Why don't you do that again for us, so people can understand the the difference between what Civics does versus these little snapshots that people pull the hair out of my mouth, get a little pop things with 1,500 people, and then they call me and stress me out and I had to come to you for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's the cycle, that's the cycle. That's literally the cycle. <laughs> and then they'll listen to the show. What is Marcos talking about? I said, but when people, it's funny, and it, it, we all know this, even in family folks, when people know you and are close to you, they don't give it the same import as somebody they don't know. So it's just Mark and Marcos talk. <laughs> I, I know people in my family who were physicians, but other family members wanted to, to a real physician. I said, he is a doctor too. You know what I'm saying? It's, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every family goes, so that's how it is with me. And when I say family, I mean in the political family. But well, what are you and Marcos talking about? I said, oh, my God, I got to defend us. But anyway, to, uh, help people. And I don't always explain it very well in terms of the sample, how you all do it. But you can see the numbers. But go ahead. Do that first. And I'm going to ask you a question about what you're doing. I'm, I'm looking at some of the economy polls and wondering how much of a factor. Because they always say presidential elections boil down to the economy? And I want to get your thoughts on that.
1: So the, yeah, so a traditional poll, basically what they'll do is usually it's 600 people. Maybe they'll go larger sample, but you need 600 respondents. And it, it's got to be a random sample based on the voter roll, right? There's a whole process that you go through. But what a traditional poll will do, a good one, is they'll find 600 to fifteen hundred people and it's called a snapshot. Because you go in, you ask them a question, boom, you publish the results and, oh, Trump is up by two, Biden's up by two, right? Everybody freak out, please. That's a traditional poll. What civics does is we run a perpetual tracking poll. So we're asking people every single day. And it's small, right? We're asking like maybe 60 to 100 people a day. But as time grows, right, that sample size becomes enormous and we're able to track Generally speaking, what moves numbers, what doesn't move numbers? And what you'd start realizing is that very little actually moves numbers. The economy chart is actually hilarious, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But very little actually moves numbers. And so it's interesting because there's all these assumptions. A typical poll, just by definition, will be wrong 5% of the time. They'll say 95% confidence. That means that 5% of the time, a poll will be wrong. And then you get these snapshots, and then you get the margin of error that can move numbers anywhere between three and five points, right? And so one poll may be below the margin of error. The next one, three months later, may be three points above the margin of error, or maybe even wrong, because 5% of the time it will be wrong. And then people will try to say, all these things happened, and now Trump is up by six points, or Biden is up by five points. No, they're not. No, they are not. If you do a true tracking poll and you track every day, you realize that people don't really change their opinions. Furthermore, Civics is a uh, panel-based operation. So we have a panel that's over several million large. And so what we're able to do is we're able to track even people's, are people's opinion changing? Because we'll go back and ask them maybe six months later the same questions. And we can see that anybody changed their minds. Another factor that we can do is, we know that Black women are 94% Democratic. So we don't have to ask 100 Black women if they still support Joe Biden or if they still still plan to vote for Joe Biden, right? Now we can do a sample. We can check in with 20, 30 of them. And suddenly, if there's a disproportionate number of Trump supporters amongst them, then the model can say, Ooh, whoa, there's something happening here. We're going to ask more to see if this is a this statistical anomaly. Or if this is actually something that's moving. So we're able to track by subgroups to and see who's moving, who's not moving, and really just use the wondrous statistics to to model out the electorate and get these res- responses and these results. And it's not a snapshot. It's literally we're asking people every single day. And we're checking in. Have you changed your mind? Okay, no, you haven't. Okay, so we're still good. And then that allows us to create this rich, incredibly detailed polling results that you see at civics, civics.com. So on the economy,
0: obviously, and this won't be a surprise to anyone, we see that those numbers are not good numbers. I don't think everybody would agree. But is anybody ever happy with the economy? 39% national economy, current condition. 39% say very bad on the civics poll. 925,132 responses as current condition. National economy direction. Again, over 900,000 responses, 56% say getting worse the national economy's direction. (laughs) Lastly, family finances, 50%, 900 some thousand responses, 924,518 responses, 50% have gotten worse. Now the old adage was always that the presidential elections are determined by the state of the economy. So is that real? this time, or is that something we need to be giving more attention to?
1: So that, that question is a perfect example of a question that is completely utterly worthless. If you were to pull out, look, just click on Republicans and look at that Republican chart. The day that Donald Trump was elect- would, won the 2016 election, the economy was great. It went from 10% of Republicans thought the economy was great to 90%. Literally, the day Donald Trump, not the day he took office, the day he was elected, the economy was great. The day Donald Trump lost in 2020, they all said the economy was shit. It's a question that is completely polluted by partisan identification. They're going to say that the Republican has a great economy, the Democrat has a terrible economy. And you see that um you see, Republicans are, are the worst at it. Repo- Democrats do it too, but to a far lesser extent. And, and then independents don't know what's going on because that's why they're independent. They don't pick a side. It's actually not a great question. Now, I was, there are pollsters that have asked the question, has your financial situation improved in the last year? And I think it was Navigator who, who did that poll just a few months ago. And it was like 70% said that their situation had improved. But you ask them in the context, the partisan context, they're going to be, they're going to not Joe Biden. Now, if they're Republican, you're going to say, yeah, everything's crap because Joe Biden is president. No, it's not a good question. The overlying theme, though, and I think this is a real thing, is people don't give Joe Biden credit for what is one of our 5% GDP growth last year. That's just bonkers economic growth. And Biden is certainly not getting credit for that could be lots of reasons for that. I always, we talked about it way back in the day when Joe Biden sent out those COVID checks. Donald Trump put his name on those checks. Joe Biden did not, right? Like these are the things you got to do if you want people to take you seriously and to give you credit for economic growth, then you got to put your name on stuff. And Joe Biden's old school and what's a little tacky. Of course it, it's tacky, right? But <laughs> Donald Trump broke that wall. You freaking do what you need to do to brand so now they're, they're touring around talking about Bidenomics and will that really, no, no, but probably not because in the end, the economy and politics and who you really support to, this is my new theory. And I've really been giving it a lot of thought that it's really about vibes. And so people, oh, gas prices are going up. Oh uh, yeah, it's Biden, right? Gas prices going down. Nobody's giving Biden credit for it. Of course he had nothing to do with the prices going, up, nothing to do with the prices going down. But people are happy to give the people in charge uh, the blame when they don't like something. It gets a lot a little different when when you're supposed to credit something. It's the same with the ceasefire. We've had almost a, a week of ceasefire in Gaza. Has anybody given Joe Biden credit for the diplomacy that it's gone Of course not, right? No, because they're going to, once the ceasefire expires or falls apart, which it looks like it may be getting to that point, they're all going to blame Biden again, even though he's been. They've been working really hard diplomatically to try to, like, lower temperature. So that's just the game that we're playing. Now. This is what makes politics so hard. So how does Joe Biden go out and take credit for what is actually historically low unemployment, historically high GDP growth? I guess you, you talk about it. You have your surrogates talk about it. You make fun of Republicans when they try to take credit for government programs that they voted against, which is a thing that they love to do. And, and then ultimately, it's, you hope that voters get it. But there, there's this whole, <laughs> there was a story, I don't know, I think see a story in the New York Times where they were following up on a poll that they did. And there were these weird voters that were Kamala Harris supporters, but said they were going to vote for Trump. So they called them up, right? And then, so one of those women is like, I, I vote for Harris. I'm a single issue abortion voter. And so I have to vote for Trump. And so the reporters, you know that Biden supports abortion, right? And she's like, Oh, really? I didn't know that. I just assumed because abortion rights went away while he was president, that he was the reason that we lost our abortion rights. So we sit here, Mark, you and me in our in your audience, in my audience, we assume that people have a base level of political knowledge. No, they don't. They don't know crap. And so it is imperative on all, all of us as activists, as politically engaged people, to explain to people like they are five what is actually going on. No, it was not Joe Biden that ended abortion rights. It was the Republican conservative Supreme Court that Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell installed unethically. That is is our, our task. It's just you can't assume people know the basic stuff. And then there, there's another one where, it, I think this was a this was a Washington Post story, where they were talking to somebody who's we need people need to go after rich people stealing tax or not paying their taxes and there needs to be tax relief for poor people and there need, and it's all these things so the reporter actually sent them links to how Joe biden supports a child tax credit how Joe Biden expanded the IRS to go after millionaire billing their tax sheets and a couple of other programs that 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 this voter in some iowa voter had talked about it. and then the, <laughs> oh i didn't know that because nobody told me i guess buying doesn't sound so bad after all <laughs> i see that stuff mark and it just really brings home how and we can sit there and be like oh people are stupid and apathetic," and when we can't do that mark we just have to understand that people are not where we are that they don't take this as seriously as we do. They're for, for good reasons. It's not because they're bad people. Mark, you know this, right? They're working. They're busy. They're raising kids. They're struggling. They're working, working multiple jobs to make ends meet. They're trying to get by, and so they don't have time to sit there and, and try to understand what's happening politically. And the Republicans are mudding the waters on purpose. They know that a like a crazy news cycle turns people off. And as I always say, there's more of us than there are of them they benefit when people tune out politics because it's too toxic, too corrosive, too gross, too confusing. So they tune that stuff out, and it just means that we need to educate the people around us. That's our job. And not do it condescendingly, not being judgmental about it. Oh, you're so stupid. You don't know that Joe Biden is a supporter of abortion rights. Well, like, have you lived in a cave? Like, we got to get away from that kind of thinking. We got to have some compassion In understanding that Republicans have created this environment that makes it hard for people to be politically um, knowledgeable. And so it's our jobs to inform people. Because once they see the record, they're going to realize, yeah, no, Joe Biden, he's not perfect. Nobody claimed he was, but he's actually not that bad. And Donald Trump is god-awful. That's our job.
0: Folks, what you all just witnessed, you've heard Marcos provide therapy for me. But as I said, anybody can be a minister. He just ministered to me. He talked about having compassion for those who don't get it. And even as a minister, that's patience I don't often have. These people make me wanna lose my mind who say things like that. For example, Cardi B did a whole thing on Instagram. How can Biden spend money in Israel and Ukraine, she says. She's not supporting him because that money could be going to fight the rat problem in New York. Wait a minute, Cardi B. The federal government doesn't fund the rat policing in New York. Now, what you just said, we have to help people to be patient. Yeah. I want to shake them, but you can't do that either. <laughs> so that was a very ministerial, severe ministerial advice you gave. In one other area, though, there are these polls coming out claiming that Trump may have 20 percent black support. Now, this goes back to what you're saying. So, what Marco's saying, that's no small thing about the checks because I don't know if you've heard the term on the streets, Marcos, STEMI. People like the STEMI. That was what they called the stimulus check during COVID. Trump mm-hmm. gave us the STEMI. Biden didn't give us a STEMI. So we want the STEMI. Wait a minute. Yeah. If that's what, if it was a STEMI, when was it? Are we gonna get another COVID to get a STEMI? Or you just, do people think Trump just shining checks to give out to people? When he comes in office, he's just gonna sign over more checks to send you for free because it's a STEMI. So, You're right. People are not aware. And it's the little things like that. Again, we play nice. Anybody else would be trying to figure out a way to let the public know, I improve the economy. I am negotiating. We know. The general public doesn't know that Blinken and Biden have been pushing back on Netanyahu and Israel into the sense that there's any kind of stuff happening that's peaceful for at least the moment is because they've been pushing, and and other Western nations as well, because everybody, listen, we gotta cool this out. And, but people don't know that because it's not being reported. But they're not pushing, but watch this. I wanna share this with you. This, and this is again, some of the good work folk of Media Matters. I wanna share this with everyone. The big three, y'all remember it was last week or was it this week? Trump used the term vermin to refer to his opponents. Remember when Hillary Clinton used deplorables? Yeah. The big three broadcast TV networks provided 18 times, this is their, these are their numbers, Media Matters, their review, 18 times more coverage of Clinton's 2016 deplorables comment than Trump's vermin remark on their combined nationally syndicated morning shows, evening news, and Sunday morning political talk shows. CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC mentioned Clinton's deplorables nearly nine times more than Trump's vermin comment. Print reports that mentioned Trump's statement outnumbers those that mentioned Clinton's 29 to one across the five highest circulating U.S. newspapers. So that, that makes a difference as well, correct?
1: Of course, it, it, people are misinformed the media is not informing them. And even the deplorable thing was ridiculous. The way the media jumped on that was, was shameful. People have done the, the comparisons of top of the fold, deplorable Hillary Clinton for weeks on end in the New York Times. And then the, tr- the treatment that they, they gave the deplorables, which was like page six. And like it's no big deal. And sort of normalizes what Trump does it makes it seem like it's it's just average any old day in politically. And yeah, we're we're underserved, underserved by the traditional media. And that's a challenge that we as activists, again, people are confused because the media is not doing their job. And then you have Fox News screaming about the stuff that they're screaming about. So it does become our job as activists, as politically engaged people, to make sure that people understand what is going on and doing so in a way that sort of I'm realizing more and more and more that it's vibes, right? So being calm about it when everybody else is screaming actually helps cut through all that noise. And they're just confused and they're frustrated and they're disgusted. How many times do we have to look at Marjorie Taylor Greene or Boebert, right? And and not want to hurl. And so we do this because we're passionate about it. But if you're not... Like, why would you want to subject yourself to that just toxicity? And so that's what's happening. So it's our job, I think, to be to help lower that temperature and just explain to people why this stuff matters. Implant those seeds that 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 the media's not informing. And so you had this voter on the Washington Post story saying, "The media didn't tell me about Biden's child tax credit. He, he, they didn't tell me about the IRS agents, and of course." Those newspapers did cover when the bill passed, but they're not doing any coverage on what that means, what the consequences are, why it matters to individuals. They're not informing people. They're saying this thing happened, and now Republicans or Democrats are screaming about it. That's the coverage that they're offering. And yeah, people are underserved by that. And it's one of our big challenges as we move into next year is educating people about all the good things that Biden has done and how it impacts their lives.
0: Yeah, no, that is a job. And you've helped with that too remember you told me a few weeks ago stop arguing with people about the middle east and i stopped and then i passed that counseling on others who in constant arguments every day said just stop arguing just stop it and that's helped thank you for your patience your understanding the reverend this isn't
1: you me for the record i used to be a lot more more angry (laughs) and i just as i get older and I do my inner work, I realize that we're not reaching people by screaming at each other. We're actually turning people off. This is this is sort of a new look on me. This is total, let's not pretend that I'm some kind of sage. No, all, all
0: jokes aside, I remind people I have a title of minister and reverend, but minister is actually a verb. It literally means to serve. So anybody can minister. Dr. King used to say anybody can be great because anybody could serve. So we appreciate that. It's helpful and glad that you're helping the rest of us. The Reverend Marcos (laughs) Melitzis, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Another edition of Thursday Coast in the books. Don't forget to listen to the podcast, The Brief, wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe, if not already. Become a part of the Daily Coast community so you can take part in news you and I can do something about. Thanks, as always, Marcos. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Mark. I appreciate you, too.